out the DMV, and this is the Neighbors Live Cast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible, and with me, as always, our group of dope individuals. Um, starting with, I always usually start with uh, with Fruitfit, but she's not uh, she's not with us today. She uh, had a previous engagement. Shout out to her. She will be uh, back with us next week. So I'm going to start with my brother from another. The uh, SC3 representative, DC hey. the son, the one and only Jay's son. Hey, hey, good morning. What's up, brother? It's always good to have you uh, with us. And uh, yeah, hi. Thank you. <laughs> and we are our special guest host today, um, the the show Getting Over the Hump that was the precursor to this show was born of the conversations that me and this young lady would have about uh, relationships and life and uh, interpersonal connections and things. She has one of the highest uh, relationship IQs of anyone that I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. Aisha Green is with us. Ish. Ish. Peace. <laughs> and as if that wasn't enough, our guest today is a uh, 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 you, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Our guest today is the owner and operator of Infinite Wisdom Homeschool. She is also the CEO of uh, 17 and Up Mills. I need to great too. We need to talk about that. And she's also the founder of the Exquisite Ladies of Diamond Class, which is an organization that she put together uh, to support uh, women and children who are victims of uh, survivors, excuse me, of uh, domestic violence. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lady Domino uh, is with us. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you're a very inspired person. I'm always, uh, I'm getting uh, messages that my microphone is really low, so I'm gonna try to uh, scream a little bit. Ah, no. Mm. I'm, I'm a fan of your uh, of your story. Did I get louder for you guys? You sound fine initially. So I don't know okay. where you're low, but maybe gotta listen to the people. Yeah, I have to. So, but anyway, we're glad to have you here. We're going to talk about your life, your journey, and uh, the businesses that you run. We're going to get into all that, but first, there's a lot of things going on in the city, in the country, in the world that we need to talk about, and uh, we're going to talk about them right now. Um, What's going on, Dave? A lot, man. Uh, the coronavirus is still out there wreaking havoc on uh, For real? on the world. Yeah, man. You wouldn't know it from uh, this weekend from the pictures of people rushing out to the beaches in Jersey and Florida and not social distancing and no masks. One of my homeboys like passed from, from COVID, man. Oh, really? Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Man. yeah. It's wild out here. Yeah, yeah. It's not only wild, it's real in these streets. Like people not yeah. taking it as seriously as they as they as they need to be. And um it, it's really becoming an issue because, you know, uh we got politicians, we got the president, people talking about reopening things and people really, you know, um going for this whole push to get back out and people feeling like they entrapped in their own house and things like that and I got just gotta get out and get some air and you know, I got to be with people and get back to normalcy. And it's, you know, it's kind of a rush, man. It's a little early. I don't know. They've been talking about a second wave. And, you know, we had the highest numbers uh, of anywhere in the world. The U.S. had the highest numbers of anywhere in the world this week and uh, of, of deaths 
and coronavirus cases. So, um, yeah, it's not a good sign. Uh, it's looking kind of crazy. Y'all kinda, think I guess it's kind of balanced, though, because at least, you know, I haven't heard, you know, i got a couple of homeboys that work in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been no heart attacks, no suicides. I don't know. No, no you know what I'm saying? They, they, work at, they work at GW. So, oh. and they was just like, yo, it's interesting. Like, nobody's dying from anything else. <laughs> and do you so think I was like, that's wow, true? the world just changed like that? Do you think that's true or you think they just not reporting? I don't, I'm just relaying information. One is a doctor and one is a nurse at okay. GW, and they are perplexed. But, so nobody's dying from nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah, that is bizarre. I don't know if that's exactly true because um, my son, one of his best friends was killed by a stepfather because of this whole thing. You know what I mean? And then you, we still are hearing about um, police-related shootings. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's yeah, accurate to say that nobody is dying of anything else. Maybe right. the level of deaths related to diseases has not been uh, noted as deeply as this whole corona thing because the co- the whole corona thing took preference over everything else. Yeah, yeah, that's, that seems more feasible. But we're looking to it, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I do some research out here in these streets. I don't know nothing. I just be, <laughs> people, all I do is watch the news and uh, read the newspapers. Yeah. Uh, just, I'm just viewing shit. You, don't, you mean you don't watch like uh, uh, Love and Hip Hop or Real Housewives? Yeah, that's, those are my favorite shows. Love and Hip Hop and uh, Empire. And I love, and uh, yeah, I love listening Empire. to Megan Thee Stallion. And I love the Migos. Yeah, man. All my favorite stuff. But look, speaking of that, though, I'm not even going to fake. My new thing, like, I've been addicted to watching episodes of Catfish lately on YouTube. I've just been like, because it's, it's the craziest thing. Like, some Catfish is like, amazing. You see, like, you said it's amazing? Amazing. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, is it really, like, I've never done internet dating like that. You know, is, is it really that bad? In these really, Dave? You've never, you've never been Catfish, David? I've never been Catfish. I was thinking about that when I was uh, researching this to talk about it, but I've never been Catfish. There was two situations where I, the only two situations where I met someone online and actually met them, one of them turned out to be one of my very best friends, Leslie, uh, uh, you know Leslie, and um, and the other one, it wasn't a catfish situation, but um, thinking back on this, it was kind of like, well, she all the pictures she took of herself was real close, was like real close faces, so we talked uh, She was 400 pounds? Nah, nah, it wasn't like that, and I wouldn't have a problem, like, I don't have a problem with people, you know, but anyway, um, so when I went to meet her, we went to the movies, and we met at the movies, and it wasn't like I'm trying to think of how to like so she had she had a prosthetic leg and she was like four foot eleven. Oh, then I'm gonna she, get you sucker. No, but, oh. but look, I don't have a problem. So let me let me be clear. I'm not a I don't have a problem with that. But it was the shock value of her. Not, you know what I'm saying you not knowing that. So when I saw yeah. her like my hey, yeah, I wouldn't be laughing if it wasn't for each. Like each is crazy. Hold on, no, no, but look. No. So she said, like, when I first saw her, it was like, oh, it wasn't even like a, you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh. But I still was cool. But like, she was cool. We had good conversation. But I think that initial face that I made turned her off because then she ain't like, you know, after that, like, she ain't even called me back or that, you know. But I was because that first face was like, when I seen her, it was like, oh, you know, it was like, hey, this, you didn't tell me. So I think you should be up front. But, uh,. <laughs> That's oh man! But those are the only two times I ever met somebody online, and one went really good, and the other one went really, 
Um, well, I wouldn't say really bad, but it ain't go good. So I, that just kind of soured me to the whole thing. Have y'all ever like, you know, <laughs> met somebody online and met them in, in real life or dated or anything like that? No, I haven't. I have. I've been catfished. I've been floundered. I've been. Wait, wait, what is a flounder? <laughs> what is flounder? Dogfished. All the fish. Okay. <laughs> Is hilarious. Sometimes I'll be wondering if uh, I'll be wondering. I'm trying to stop speaking Ebonics. I wonder sometimes. I'll be wondering sometimes. I'll be on here chilling out. But um, I think that's more appropriate for our culture, though, Dave. We got to create our own language and our I own mean, cadence I don't think of so. I words. I think that we can speak the language. You know, we can. You know, uh, it's communication. How we communicate. You know, I don't. I don't yeah. know if it needs to be different, especially if it's like. Uh, if we're going to have a different language, it needs to be something completely different. Like, that, it don't need to be like a broken version of what Dave You don't know the rules, Dave. I mean, well, I'm just saying that's my opinion of it. You do whatever we want to do. Because we talk about it's our language, but it's a version of their language. Like, we should be speaking like, you so, know. Well, you know, you know David, that I'm, I'm fluent in Geechee, so there's that. Let oh, me tell you something, Dave. Thing. Like, we created every language anyway. That's a good point, though. That's a good so, point. So, blah. And with that, we're going to move on to um, the primary elections. Uh, we're in mid-election season. And I know because I've been getting calls from um, candidates from their um, their supporters uh, in D.C. And um, you know, make sure you take these candidates to task because the local elections are very important. So I got a call, and I'm not going to say the name of the... Yeah, they are. I'm going to let you go into that. Give me one second. Uh, no, to... don't put it on me. I'm just... No, nah, no, nah, because you... you Hey, when it comes to that, you the one. But I just want to real quick talk about like make sure you take your um you know your candidates to task. If somebody calling you asking for your vote, I had a dude call me from one of the guys who's running for Ward Eight uh, Council seat who's trying to run against Trayon White, and he first the guy was like, yeah, uh, the candidate I'm working for is running against Trayvon Smalls, and I was like, you mean Trayon White? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So um, then he tried to uh, go into, like, he was like, so you should vote for our candidate because he's really, you know, his platform is the hospitals over here are terrible. Like, we only got really two hospitals in this area, and they're really dilapidated. And so can we can we uh, count on your vote? And I'm like, hold up. Yeah, the, the hospitals are bad. I agree. But what's he going to do about it? Like, is he just going to talk about how bad the hospital? Like, what's his platform? Like, what's his? And he didn't know none of it. He was like, hold on, I'm going to get the campaign manager for you, and she's going to tell you uh, what the person's doing. I've stayed on hold for a minute. I'm like, yeah, I want to talk. You might have my vote if you got something. Uh, he came back to the phone. was like, well, the campaign manager is busy, but I'm going to have the candidate call you tomorrow. Is tomorrow cool? I'm like, yeah, I'm off all day tomorrow. Tell him to hit me. I never heard from this dude. So whoever I'm voting for is not him. Wow. So I say all that to say, you know, hold your candidates to tags. Like, find out what they're really about and what they're really trying to do because uh, one of the reasons I believe these elections are so important is because uh, these people conduct the business and make the decisions or, uh, you know, are the faces of the decisions that are made, like, uh, that affect us the, the most directly. While all the decisions on every level, to a certain extent, can trickle down to us, the ones that directly affect what goes on in our neighborhoods and therefore in our lives are made by these people. And so we need to know. We need to not just go in there and see a name and be like, oh, that was my grandmama name. I'm going to vote for her or something. You know, how do the way people... 
you know, pick stuff. But uh, but Jay, I do want you to talk like you ran for for a council member and mayor, you know, and and you talk. We've had conversations at nauseum about how important these uh, these elections are. So, in your opinion, like, why should people vote in these and be knowledgeable about these elections? It's too deep for you. <laughs> well, well, not too deep for you, but. Well, I've ran for mayor twice um, in D.C., and uh, so I learned a lot about internal politics, you know, that I didn't understand before going into it. So based on, you know, accomplishing goals and, and uh, I guess what you're, what you're stating, like uh, holding candidates accountable. So what I've learned through my two campaigns is that uh, – you know, based on the concerns of our communities and, and uh, you know, what we need to happen in our community. And, you know, and this is just my subjective opinion based on two campaign runs in 06 and 010. Uh, I think voting is a waste of time. Uh, but I'm not saying that that's what people should think. You just ask my personal opinion. I'm not saying people shouldn't vote or anything. I'm saying people should do whatever they feel is correct. And you know, but you know, just from my personal perspective of being um, on a campaign trail and being inside those rooms um, with other candidates, and you know, based on uh, uh, you know uh, studying political science. And understanding uh, 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 politics from a perspective that I didn't understand before, before I studied political science and before I ran for uh, elected official, I was like, "Oh, it's a bunch of BS," and that I didn't understand at first because I was so passionate about it. And I thought, like, "Yo, if we're going to effectively make change and get things uh, to happen in our community and in our families and, and to benefit us in a positive way, you know, this is the route to take." But after taking that route, I learned that it was not. So that's that's my little two cent. But so, I don't want to, you know, shatter so people's perspective. What made you feel like it's not a, it's not like a, a good thing to do, or would you say? Well, because it, it takes away from the power of the people. So you, you outsource your power to a person you don't know. When in actuality, what I learned is that the community actually holds all of the keys to what we need uh, to see happen. Like the the. And the the I guess candidates and the 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 government officials rely on the communities to outsource their hopes, fears, wants, needs, and desires, and that is the game. The game is just to ensure that the community isn't dependent upon themselves. And so, after you know, running for an elected official two times, I realized like that the whole campaign is just for people to give up their self. Uh, uh, their self-discipline, their self-reliance to the state. Like, that's the whole goal of a campaign. It's like, low, don't trust and believe in yourself and your community and your family and the people that you know. Believe in us. Like, you know, it's impossible for you to do this. It's impossible for you to accomplish those goals. And still, you know, entrust us with what you need. We'll represent you. We'll, you know, we'll uh, be like your representative to the state to the uh, to the uh, earmarks and the resources and the, and, the, and the funds and just tell us what you need and we got you. But in actuality, their understanding on the other side of the boardroom is that like, yo, the people have all the power. 
we have to be able to convince these people to give their power that they already have to us. And it works like every time. And the community never, ever, ever, ever changes for the better. So what's the alternative then? Like what's what's your uh like what can we do to stop that cycle of uh, uh we could we can organize and mobilize our own communities and we can select we can select leadership from within our own ranks. You know, uh so you and I live in, in Ward eight. Uh Treyon is our council councilman. Um uh, you know, I and you can ask him, I've had a part in Trayon's development, in his uh, understanding of politics, not you know, I'm not like his mentor, nothing like that. But I, if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, he's he's not he's not bullshitting you, you know. But it's just like that's how, quote unquote, elected officials should be uh, groomed. They should be some of our our children, our nieces, our nephews that that understand the culture and our environment from our position and then be like, okay, we, us, without like any type of government influence, we're going to select you out the hood, like, you know, grab somebody off the block who we think has been trained well enough to understand our community and our demands and the contradictions that we face as a community to be a representative. Like, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, people use these these uh, catchwords like, oh, jobs or, or uh, housing or, you know what I'm saying, whatever, gentrification, like these tag words to get people emotionally tied into thinking that they can make, you know, certain changes and adjustments to their community. But in actuality, you know, uh, money runs all of that. And the only thing that could counter the money is human capital. Human capital, that's the power that we possess that we don't know because we, we're never organized collectively. We're never mobilized collectively. We always outsource our, our wants, needs, and desires to some person we don't even know. We don't even know these people, and you know we trust them basically with our lives. And that, I just think from a war perspective, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's counterproductive in accomplishing true goals and, and accomplishments as a community. So so would it be more, um, because like the system set up the way it is, and like you said, um, the, it, it doesn't really change. Um, so so with it being the way it is, uh, with people like Treyon that you were talking about, wouldn't that be a, a more feasible um, a notion to take someone from here uh, who has the same goals or understands our goals and put them in that position to to sit in these meetings and, and make noise and make change happen and but here's the other obstacle like once you once you get to that position then that person will realize the truth about the politics like once you get in that position then you'll realize like oh it's nothing i can do there's nothing i can do all i can do is you know is fight and, and ask for things and make little uh, adjustments that are allowed by the government. But once you get in that position, when you get in the in the room, then you'll realize like, oh, it's it's a it's a it's a well-oiled machine. It doesn't change. It hasn't changed in hundreds and hundreds of years. No one has able to has been able to like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the spook who sat by the door. Then once I get in, 
you know, we're going to do this. Like once you get in, then you realize like how structured and fortified the system uh, of electoral politics is. Like there's nothing you can do. And that's what they'll tell you. Like you could be like, yo, man, this is happening in our community, blah, blah, blah. Then said elected official will be like, well, I can only do this much or my hands are tied and blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's just facts. There's no way you can prove it wrong. Try. <laughs> so yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting revelation. Like I usually champion the local elections. Like the way you feel about them is, um, is my. And what have you seen happen to our community, Dave? On national, you say what? And what have you seen happen to our community? Well, I mean, could it be like that? It's not the right person, or like before having to understand. So it's, it's never, ever, ever, nope. ever. Ever the right person? But like look at, ever, look at ever? who it's been up until this point. But I mean, it I'm just saying be. that. I mean, without the, without the, uh, the insight that you provided, you know, that was the vision. It's like, well, if the right person was there, they could make that, make it. A right. That that goes back to outsourcing your feelings, emotions, and wants and desires into some person. Where in actuality, the community has the answers and the ability and the resources to change your community or whatever, you know, country, whatever it is, how you see fit. But the, the trick, the mind, political, the politics is that you give up, you outsource, you give up your power to an elected official when actuality, we already have the power. And that's the trick. It's like, oh, if vote, you know, get out and vote and do like, like, you know, vote, you know, Voting isn't going to change your conditions, and it never has. We've been here for over 500 years, and like the sister said, uh, Domino, you know, it's still police shooting niggas in the head every day. It's still mass incarceration every day. We still be treated like second-class citizens every day. Absolutely nothing has changed. We, we have less ownership. We have less community. We have less families. You know what I'm saying? People just look at, like, oh, because we got, like, $300 belts on that we've collectively made progress. But in actuality, if you look at the tangible, factual evidence of our communities in particular, and our, you know, our land ownership and our, 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 you know, our wealth per capita, everything has decreased. And we are technically worse off than we've ever been from a mental perspective, because not only have we lost you know, all, you know, all of our land and resources, now we have also lost our families and our communities. So good luck with voting. I I, I wish y'all the best. You know what I'm saying? I, I pray for y'all, and uh, I hope that you realize that you are more powerful than any elected official. Then, after it's you, then it's us. We are more powerful than anything that exists. Can I ask you a question? How do you feel? How How would you feel about um? segregation on a level where we decided to segregate ourselves. I think that's a wise decision and, and based upon like if if we are truly striving for political gain and economic gain and financial gain and, and family gain, that makes the most logical sense to do. You know, and then if people want to be free nilly and just do, like wait till we get a grasp on our communities. And then if you want to sprinkle out and date right. white women and do all of this stuff, like fine. <laughs> but wait till we wait till we 
galvanize ourselves and gain our wealth and gain our land and, and, and put a flag back in some soil. Right. And then if you want to, you know, you know, whatever it is people desire, uh, try it then because then it won't make as much sense. The desire won't be there as much because then we'll see our own greatness. We'll recognize what we are. The mirror will be so clear to us you wouldn't even want. People are so scared of, what I don't understand is why people so scared of change. Like they'll change from Gucci to Prada, but they won't change from believing in in, in, a, in a white person that doesn't have good intentions for us to believing in our own selves. Like we have, we actually have the power, the means and, and everything else to actually build a community that works for us. Yeah, we have but, everything we need. Yes, but people are so dead set on just not wanting. They want to depend. They want to depend on somebody. To do. It's like we have a extreme mindset of just complete laziness. Like we want. Well, well, it's, hold it's up, hold up. Now we can't. Let's not talk about our people. Not all of us. It's manufactured. Not all of us. Well, understand, it's a conditioning, though. So it's not just people being So as soon as you are born, you are injected with all of these vaccines, and then you're plopped in front of a television, then you're listening to these radio waves, then you know you get these Barbie dolls and these toys that, that show a superior race, then you go to church, and you see this white Jesus on the wall, and then you know, uh, you, know you are. And then when, you, when we have members of our community who, who are... Uh, who come through the ranks and become leadership and organize and mobilize communities in a positive, beneficial manner, the state will murder them. And so that's more incentive to be like, ah, I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna vote for this white man because <laughs> you know, it's too much consequence for us to mobilize and organize. You know, that's the biggest threat. And that's what I'm saying is the political branch of politics. It has nothing to do with people the way they think. Politics is just is a mind control to give up your power to the power of the state. Mm-hmm. So don't knock our people. We are in a, no, in a whirlwind of madness. I but don't it's, feel it's, like it's, it's all of us in, right. in, any, in any way, shape, or form. It's definitely not all of us. Yeah. But I think she, she echoes the same sentiment. Like when we have these conversations, Jay, uh, the same sentiment that you that you bring about when I ask you when you know we come down to it and we go back and forth for an hour or so and then at the end I'll be like well what's the answer then you'd be like we gotta organize and mobilize but people don't Ourselves. do it you know but and, and yeah like, you know because so everybody's mad like, about like the gentrification of DC and like what's happening and it's like I was talking to Wes Felt we're not talking to him just to on say, Facebook that's point. yeah go ahead yeah and it was just it's like and, you know and he agreed with me I was like yo we deserve to have the city taken from us. We've had countless opportunities to organize uh, around our communities and mobilize uh, around our communities and around our children and around our health and around our, 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 our health care. And, you know, we've had countless hundreds of opportunities to organize and, and mobilize our communities against any outside forces, but we've chosen to do otherwise. And so it's war. Like people forget we are in the middle of war. We are on occupied territory, you know, and it's it's war. And it's like watch your news feed. Look at what they're doing to us every second, every minute, every hour. There is no break. You know what I'm there is no break of the onslaught of oppression 
from from this corporation on us. But you know, uh, it's such a well-tuned machine that we 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 are so under the rest that we just want to escape. So we'll get high and we'll go shopping and we'll you know what I'm saying we'll and it's it's not a knock to our people. It's a scientific strategy behind our our complacency with our condition. So it's like it's about uh, uh, putting putting people in position that can counter the oppressive narrative. I think should be much more important more, much more important than voting. Okay, so okay. what what does that look like though? Like well, realistically, I mean, what can what can somebody listening to this and like, yeah, he's right. What can they do right now today? Well, it, it's it's we got to find people we believe in, like that's that that we know. Like we we put all we have to do is find people we believe in, and to be honest, I don't believe in anyone because everyone has been so coerced by this system and the ideology of the United States that it's hard to find someone who's really willing to rock the boat and change the paradigm because that's what's necessary. So th nobody who gets into a position of visibility will ever have the interest of the, the proletariat class of people because you know uh, the, the, the state controls the, the elements of mind control of the human body to kind of, I guess, sway how people think and feel. So it's like we have to find people within our own communities who we believe in and, and, and support and prop them up to give them visibility or a voice to counter, you know, the, the current narrative of the state. And so that's if people want to do something now today, just it's, it's a mental check-in. It's a mental check-in. Like, that's what you could do today, right now. Do a mental check-in and check your Rolodex of people in your mind that you trust, that you think will be a good representation of your family, yourself, your community, that you trust with your children to, to give a direction and a guideline and a framework of how we can have a lifestyle that's harmonious, you know, with, with the earth, and with other inhabitants of the earth, because it's obvious the the culture that we live in isn't harmonious with the earth. There's always wars. There's always like whales and shit dying, and fo Amazon forests being cut down, and like fracking and drilling. And it's like this is the culture that we're supporting. This is what your vote is going to. Your vote is going to police brutality and mass incarceration and just and just hating black people. And that's who you're voting for. And, you know, we have to just so what people can do today, Dave, to answer your question is do a mental check in of themselves and, and really self evaluate what you're putting your time behind and your energy behind and your money behind. You, you know, we have to realize what we are supporting with and what these candidates represent. So that's what people can do right now today is their own personal mental spiritual and physical check-in of what and in, in totality what they are supporting with their vote and there you have it ladies and gentlemen that was jason's fist up moment for the day i got a lot more fist up moments today nigga. well you had a very long this is, is 11 33 we can't let you go i'm sorry Whatever. but it is I memorial day so i don't know how you just want to let that go by yeah yeah it's memorial day uh definitely and um yeah, I had some more stuff. So you brought up um, Wes Felton and him, and uh, he's been releasing music. Um, 
you know, uh, this whole time throughout this uh, pandemic. And, uh, and he's been painting art. I'm about to buy a West Felton art original piece. Original piece. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but he released a track with him and Uptown XO. Shout out to Uptown XO. Um, uh, XO just released a video today, too. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, the president. Well, yeah. The the one that him and um, uh, Wes did together, uh, The Way Things Used to Be, um, he released it on, uh, I think it's Instagram and all the social media platforms. It's a dope video. Two of the uh, probably two of the best lyricists in the DMV. Uh, check it out if you absolutely. get a chance. I told them I would shout them out. And I wanted to, because they're dope. They do their thing. It's hard yeah, to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm looking through all the stuff I wanted to talk about after all that Jay just said. It feels all like your notes. Hard. Get your notes together, Dave. But uh, I will talk about um, uh, Joyner Lucas and uh, how he the song Will that Joyner Lucas. Yeah, shout out, out Crank Lucas. Yeah, it was produced by the DMV's own Crank Lucas. Uh, best known for his comedy skits, he posts to social media. Crank Lucas actually produces all the music uh, heard in his skits. Uh, he uses his skits as a showcase for his productions. He also shows his lyrical skills in a lot of the skits, even when the verses are written as jokes to express some of the woes the studio engineers go through. It's evident uh, that his pen game is serious, but it's the track that he did for Joyner Lucas's song, Will, which was a, a song written to pay homage to actor Will Smith, um, that is getting him a lot of notoriety. Uh, oh, Dave, so the bougie people say homage? Homage, yeah. Oh. Homage. Okay. homage, yeah. I thought it was homage. homage. Yeah. homage. It's my bad. Homage. It's homage. 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 What did I say? Did I say homage? Hate you. Homage. Homage. Anyway, you don't like homage? I do. I like it. Hate you. <laughs> I haven't. I was actually privy to it. I didn't know. I'm sorry. You ain't know about um, HU? Anyway, homage. But yeah, look, man. Look, look, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, he made the song to pay homage, homage to uh, to actor Will Smith, and the song's namesake, Will Smith, actually last week uh, added his vocals to the track. Will um, killed that verse. Yeah, he killed it. Like, you heard that? <laughs> Will spitting like he like out out in the trap with Young Thug or something. And that's what shortly after the video was released. You heard it, each. No, I just saw uh, the Will yeah, is saw spitting the bars. Like, Will is spitting. He's spitting Okay, I have bars. to listen to it, yeah. You gotta so, check that yeah. joint out. So look, shortly after the video was released, Frank Lucas took to social media to talk about his feelings about uh, having such an iconic artist uh, rapping on one of his beats. He said uh, it was an honor. He said, uh, he went on to say that uh, though he is often underrated, Will has always been a dope lyricist. And um, we haven't heard him spit like this in a while, but, quote, sometimes it takes the right producer to bring it out of a legend. So, uh, yeah, the track is crazy, too. I gotta give it it is crazy. The, uh, and uh, Joyner Lucas killed it. The video is amazing. The original video that he shot where he put himself in uh, the different um, Will Smith movie roles, and Will loved it so much that he, uh, you know, spit over the beat. And, uh, yeah, Craig Lucas, he was already hey, talking about Luke. how people, yeah, he was already talking about how, um, some of the local artists were mad at him for charging his prices for his beats. It's like, nigga, you should have got him then, because now it's going to be bananas. Right, right, you got Will Smith on yeah, the joint. You can't, uh, yeah, 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 you can't afford him now, so you should have got it when it was... Uh, <laughs> hey, but you know what's funny, babe? Me and Duff was talking about maybe like a month or two ago how he was like, you know, Will Smith is a dope MC, man. I got him like in the rank with the tops, like LL and, and, and Rock Cam. I was like, whatever. 
whatever. I was like, ain't no way you think about bars, you think about Will Smith. Really? Then like a month oh later, he dropped Seriously. this joint. I was like, but you know, even before this, him and Jazzy Jeff did that little live, yeah, uh, brand new funk live, and I was already job put my foot in my mouth. I was like, mm, yeah, he just spitting bars on that joint. Like just lyrically, Will joint came out. I was like, oh, I was like, all right, I, like, I was just completely uh, wrong. You know, Will got bars. People always talk about how he's going. Hey Z, that's uh, <laughs> Jay's daughter Z. She made a guest appearance. Uh, she'll yeah. do that. She is beautiful. Oh, thank oh. you. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, people talk about, you know, how Will is corny and he made the switch to the acting and it took something away from him. But lyrically, he's always he's always had it, you know. I mean, it's yeah, like... And I listen to a lot of his old work, like from them old albums. It's like, yeah, I guess because he, had he's, he is corny. He is. But he's corny. he got bars. <laughs> he got well, corny. But, but, corny but it works to his advantage, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's authentic about who he is, right. you know. So, so it, it would have been ridiculous. Well, I'm just saying it would have been ridiculous for Will Smith to try and be thugged out. Like, Will is, like, highly, you know what I mean, like an intellectual kind of dude. That's his lane. He's good in that lane. So, no. I mean, he's corny, but there's nothing wrong with that. Well, make some corn. I don't think it's corniness. I just think because he ain't killing people. You know what I'm saying? He you don't have to. You don't, you, but, you not, don't but, but you know what? He admits it. You know what I'm saying? He right, was like, because when he, he talked about, he was like, when Jada, with Jada and Pac, he was like, you know, that's Pac. And you know, he's like, I'm Will. I'm like the corny dude from Philly. Like, he said it himself. So it right. ain't like us putting something on him. Like, he know, he's a super intelligent genius of a man. Yes. So he yes. knows. The the the, the he knows what he is and how he's perceived around the world. Right, but I saw one comment. They was like, "Yeah, uh, that's Will trying to outdo Pac for Jada on that Will track." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Will outdid. I think Will outdid Pac when Will survived. It's like he's still Say around. Say again, you, right? You know? There's like, that. I mean, and, hey. and no, no shade to Pac. Pac was a no shade, you know, but, but yeah. But I'm just saying, like you know, I don't think he's worried about. I mean, he, first of all, he got Jada. You know what I'm saying, regardless. But no, but what he said, no. Again, this is from Will himself saying that he was intimidated by Jada's relationship with Pop. He would yeah, be in a room with Pop and yeah. just feel, you know, not as confident because Pop is there. Like he was like, right. and his his quote was, you know, Pop is Pop. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm I'm corny Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this isn't me putting anything on him. I'm just regurgitating things that he's mentioned, that he said, and that he's felt. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the brother's corny. I think I'm a fan, but as as far as bars is concerned, and you know, I think he has corny bars, but I think he's yeah. he's an excellent artist. And, you know, it's yeah. not saying that he's whack. It's a difference between being whack. And being corny, right? That's right. You know what I'm saying? Corny, you can get hits like uh, right. like da ha da ha. That's corny, but that's a hit. That's that's it's you know one, like that that, that track is like 30 years old and all of us know it. But hold on now, <laughs> understanding the music game as you you've been around it for a long time and you know it's the difference between a solidified hit and a one hit wonder. Like that's the only, you know that's what I'm saying? True, that's true, that's true. But what I'm saying is they're, they're not like gangster rappers. Lasting who, quality. Yeah, yeah, but they're gangster rappers who are tough and ain't corny, but they whack. Right. So right. Will yeah, ain't whack. Will yeah, ain't so, whack, yeah. it's a yeah. different thing. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like Will ain't whack. It, it, yeah, it's not synonymous with being whack. You're just Right, corny. right. So that's all I'm saying, Dave. It's not all like right. a negative. All right. 
like he's corny. It's just like his lane is like I talk about my mom and raps, and you know I talk about stories. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not whack. It's corny. You ever yeah, seen them, exactly. how Family Guy did them when they was talking about Will and they was like he he raps happy and they had like it was supposed to be him rapping and he's like help your parents clean up the house. But yeah, man. I think, so um, you know, in, in researching this, I was thinking about how we always do the top five list. You know, we always ask people who their best MCs are, but should it be a separate lane for for just lyricism? Because if you yes. think about it, like, because, like, Pac is the greatest, like, he's at the top of most people's list, but lyrically, yeah. he's not uh, uh, as methodical as a Rakim or Eminem or, uh, you know, or Biggie. some of these other, yeah, or Biggie, yeah, yeah lyrically and how they put their words together, but it was something yeah, about... But he's probably the best rapper, resonated. he's probably the best rapper, but he's not the best lyricist. Right, yeah, right, I could right. Agree that. Because so there are a lot of lyricists that can put, put bars together and words together, I think, more intricately than Pac. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But I don't think there's nobody that represents the culture harder and more. Right, right. It was his cultural impact that made him yeah. the overall artist. That, uh, right. You know, that's why he gets at the top of the list. And he was something that, uh, you know, the world needed at the time that he was there. And we kind of still need, even though he's dead. Uh, I'm waiting yeah. on uh, Jay Sun's album to come out so he can be the... Hey, uh, you know, Jay Sun for President is out right now. Well, I mean, Go to JasonsLyrics.com. You can check it out. That Pac-esque influence. Yeah. Got the song, got the got the single out with EXO. Don't die, stay alive during Corona. Don't yeah, die. Yeah. Don't That's die. All thanks to Jason Uptown EXO. Yeah. I, I, I will look for that. Is that on title? Because you know I. Yeah, it's on title. all them joints called okay. Don't Die. Yeah. Me now, and Uptown EXO. I sat down and listened to it. The, uh, you know, I told you a couple of weeks ago actually because I had been talking about it for a while and I, you know, working and stuff. But I really got a chance to listen to it and I was like. Yeah, you know, I had to Thanks, give it the, you know how when you hear something you like and your voice go up a couple of hours. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the high 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 day. But yeah, before we get into this interview, real quick, I have one more question for y'all related to this whole um, coronavirus epidemic. And um, I'm glad that Isha is here because, you know, the conversations that we used to have about uh, uh, relationships and I noticed the, the shift. There was already a shift happening in interpersonal relationships, whether it was romantic or, you know, or just dealing with, you know, friendships and things of that nature. How, she gave um, me the side eye, babe. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. She's like, well, she always, <laughs> she listened to where my question going because she know how, you know, build it up. <laughs> so uh, she'd be like, where is this nigga going with this? But anyway. Right, right. <laughs> but so there has been uh, definitely uh, the shift already began with, uh, you know, technology from social media to uh, just the things that take the conversation out of our mouths and put it into our hands. I came up with that last night. That was kind of dope, right? Anyway, uh, uh, bars, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, just um, <laughs> the uh, face-to-face. Thank you. It was somebody laughing. Anyway, the face-to-face conversations. You think that was? You think that laugh was for you? <laughs> I was laughing anyway. at Jason. I know. I knew what you was laughing at. I was anyway. like Dave. Dave Corny. Anyway. Yeah, Dave Corny. I didn't say that. I said Corny. I rubbed right. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the conversation is uh focus no but anyway uh, so, <laughs> so but yeah uh, just um the loss of interpersonal skills that comes along with um the the strides of technology and now it's getting even deeper with the coronavirus separating people you know we have to stay at home uh we social distancing which is a huge thing 
And um, do you think um, relationships, and more specifically romantic relationships, um, will be forever changed? Do you think they'll survive this, uh, this whole, um, you know, uh, epidemic or this pandemic? Do you think uh, it'll be something very different? Of course they'll survive. It depends on the people. Yeah, of course. But it'll be it different, though, right? It depends on the right? people. I mean, like, you elaborate, ladies. Elaborate, ladies. You like your mate. Say it again. I'm sorry. Jay was yelling something. I was yelling I was elaborate. You, you find out if you really do like your mate or not. But other than that, I mean, it, it just really depends on the couple. So that's if you're in the house with them, though, right? But if you communicate and if you're, um, you know, in a situation where y'all are not living together, y'all are in separate locations, and you're social distancing, you're separating, it extends that distance between you. And, I mean, I know there are things that say, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder and things like that. But, um... Nobody's social distancing. Nobody's right. social distancing. Nobody's not social distancing. Nobody's social distancing. Nobody's not social distancing. Nobody's 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 social distancing. Right, What'd you say, carnally? Carnally. Carnally engaged. Yeah. Domino, can you break that down? What's carnally mean? If you're, if, if, carnally, like you're in it, you're, you're, you're in it. Bodily exchange. Oh, bodily exchange. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, gosh. You're and you? <laughs> we are tripping. Right, right, right. What I do like about it, though, what I do like about the social distancing, now, if you are dating and you're, like, meeting people, say, online, um, virtual dating is, like, a thing right now. And I think that that's, yeah. like, a very interesting um, phenomenon that's a result of the corona. Situation. But then you don't find out if they got prosthetics or not. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Talk about <laughs> I hope she don't yep. see this. But anyway, uh, I know, right? You about to get sexed after this show, Dave? Like, oh yeah, you just gonna talk about what? Uh... Well, I didn't say her name, but um, but no, but um, too many. It, it Let me stop. I think it's a double-edged sword because in those situations where, because I, I think at, um, we were also moving toward um. A place of hyper um, uh, intimacy. It's like you, you go, you know, people have sex first and then try to build relationships from it, as opposed to the other way yeah, around. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's hypersexuality. Though. It's not so, hyper intimacy. That's like, what I meant. You know. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Hypersexuality. Thank you for that's what. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway. You uh, him. <laughs> um. But uh. <laughs> but see. <laughs> So I think that the social distancing does give people a chance to kind of build yeah. those and get to know somebody. You know if you don't like them before you smash if y'all talking for two weeks, um, but or, but or a month. Or, that's all you giving them. Well, I mean, well, however long. You horn, it don't even matter. Like you know, I just hope she shut head. up. And I'm gonna go over there and just <laughs> in and out. That ain't gonna stop too many brothers. Like yo, I hate her, but I'm still going. That's true. I just I just do a time out there, but I'm saying it, it does give you more time to get to know the person as opposed to uh, jumping into something and then finding out that they're a deranged killer. 
And um, <laughs> but uh, like I said, it's a double edged sword because then there's also the aspect of getting to know that person and not really getting to know them, getting to know the person that they're representing themselves to be. And uh, then you you know you wind up with that catfish. But, situation. but is that really is that really because of social distancing though? Like that existed before. Um, yeah, no, I'm right. not saying it's because of it, but it's definitely yeah, more so. prevalent. It's definitely. You think? Really? Yeah, definitely. I feel like the social distancing at best is an excuse for you to delay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if somebody yeah. you've been online and you've been conversing for a couple of weeks, you're like, nah, we're social distancing right now. You can delay it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but as a whole, I don't really see it impacting it to that degree. No. Uh-uh. So, okay. Okay. You don't see uh, any, but I mean, do you see like the shift that's already been happening? No. What shift have you recognized? What, what shift? Yeah, yeah, we're we're all curious, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Is this, well, like, the, what, is this like the rice right situation? What's going on, David? Talk is this to the me. what? This looks like the rice. You remember we were talking about the rice that time? Me, you, and Mike? Now, what you're not oh, going to do uh, is get into some personal side conversations on the show. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you weren't there for the rice. You're not going to do that. The rice conversation. The fake nope. rice. But anyway. <laughs> the fake I remember rice. It. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, what's the shift, David? What's the shift? Give us yeah, the what's shift. the shift? What, what, what shift is well, that? We all, uh, all of us want to know, Dave. Uh, just the, uh, the that, uh, especially younger people, because of their lack of direct face-to-face -face contact or the, um, the diminishing of it, they're losing their interpersonal skills. And I mean, it's been studies about it. I, you know, I send you uh, articles about how it is a change no one happening needs within notes. people. Yeah, I mean, but I guess y'all don't see it. All right, so. That's fine. Uh, so we're moving on then. Look, I know when, uh, you know. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Uh, <laughs> so Domino, uh, talk about the shift in your life now. Hold up. You, you about to go into her interview? Yeah, you got something before that? I do. We got to recognize Memorial Day. Okay. No, Memorial Day is today, Z. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, she, she had plans on Memorial Day. She didn't know. No, 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 because I told I told her because they asked me what Memorial Day was, but I told them there's a history that wasn't explained, and I was supposed oh, to tell yes. it to them last night. But uh, me and Soul were recording, uh, or you know, uh, recording a song, and so by the time I came back, they were asleep. So not just for my children, but also just to put it out for the world, because typically a lot of people out here doing Good cookouts job. and and celebrating, uh, you know, the, uh, the the armed service men and women that are uh, fighting for this corporation. And, you know, but a lot of people don't understand that the true initial Memorial Day was in Charleston, South Carolina, I believe in about 1865 after the Civil War, uh, the, the Union had defeated the Confederacy. And then in Charleston, South Carolina, they just, you know, there was a whole bunch of murder, there was a whole bunch of bloodshed yeah. during the Civil War. And so once the Confederacy lost, they just left all of the dead bodies on this, uh, you know, just on the battlefield. And so what happened was once the, the Union Army won and, you know, the black people didn't flee, they stayed there. So the black people organized their own communities. They didn't call on the state or some random white person to help them. They were like, yo, this is our community. So they gathered all of the bodies. They dug up, you know, because they had like mass graves. They dug up all of the bodies. They went to this, uh, I guess, abandoned like race racehorse track. And they they buried all of yep. the bodies in their own individual graves. 
and then they had a celebration for those fallen uh, black soldiers. I think it was black and white soldiers, actually. Mm -hmm. But the black people was like, we're going to put them in their proper burials. We're going to have a grave. And then they had a, 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 a memorial. It was called Decoration Day back in that time. And then yeah. so it was about 10,000 people. And it was, it was all black people, about 10,000 black people in Charleston, South Carolina. They buried these people in their graves. They sang songs. They had poetry. They had children uh, put flowers and stuff on the graves. And then they, they had a memorial service for these fallen soldiers. And that is Memorial Day. But nowadays, yeah. that is never discussed. It's always, it's always just about like the, the people in the armed forces that are serving uh, the United States corporations. But these people that are out on that battlefield serve the country of America not the corporation of the United States. So there's a difference. And there's a, a reason why that, that original true story is not told. That's why I told my children the real story of, of what Memorial Day is. Because, you know, we just eating hot dogs and having cookouts and like, yeah, shouting out to the people that are in fatigues and, and you know, military service. And salute them also. But what I'm saying is that initially derived, it was, it's a black celebration and it's a black memorial for black people that fought and gave their lives for the country not the corporation right and Issa, i heard you agree with him you from you know charleston right um, are you from charleston does, that, does any of that history uh, do they, they teach do they that in y'all history what's that i i didn't hear that's you my bad dave uh, no i was asking the same question jay was asking was that something that's is that something that's taught in charleston no, it's not. No. Mm -mm. But I'm sure you've heard, you, you know about that, yeah. right? Just from yeah, being a child, but yeah. that wasn't taught in your school system. No, that's a colloquial thing you'll learn. Yeah, they don't teach that to you in school. No. Right. So you had to hear it passed down from grandparents. From yeah, from the old folks. From this old what it's really about. Because it's probably, it's probably your, some of your family up in them, in them graves that they, you know, uh -huh. real talk. Some of all our families in them graves. Mm -hmm. I got long-term memory, which is why I carry a lot of the ideology that I carry today, because I have you're a long-term memory. You're, you're griot, griot, is it Griot? Yeah, either way, depending on where you're from. H-U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's YouTube. That's your UDC, right? Shout out yep. to your college, man. I'll you know, uh, yeah. do it when I do great things, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I fuck up, I shout out, hey, you. Oh, okay. All right. Put you in <laughs> but that's all I got, Dave. That's my second Black Fist moment. Yeah, uh, fist up moment for the anyway. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The, the true Memorial Day celebration for people who, who weren't privy to the info. Right, right. And thank you for that, man. I know a lot of people who. Um, aren't privy to that type of information. I think I just found I found that out maybe 10 years ago, you know, that type of, that there was a separate uh, origin to it. And it wasn't just about, oh, support the troops and thanks for your service. And, you know, uh, tip me a hat to them that it actually came from something that we started, you know, and they took it. In As always, we always yeah. start with something, and, you know, we always get it taken from us. Yeah, yeah. But them days is changing. That's the shift I see, Dave. Is that the shift? <laughs> the shift I'm talking about. UDC. I don't know about this social distancing shift, but I see the shift in us taking our shit back. <laughs> well, you, well, you, I'm a firm believer black people make it cool and white people make it profitable. And it's important for us to keep the money for ourselves. You know what I mean? We already have the cool factor. It's yeah. Ooh, that's a good segue into Domino. Yeah. 
Ain't it they? Wasn't that she, good? Because she's cool and profitable. No, nah, but uh, right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I was I'm, trying to help him. crazy today. But um, you know, you, you have businesses, so you are profitable. You know, but uh, okay. But yeah, I just want to talk to you. Um, like I've told you on many occasions, like the reason that we did getting over the hump and that we do this show. One of the main reasons that I do it is to bring people who I admire on and just shower them with like you know uh, admiration and 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 kudos for all the awesome stuff that they do. And I've always told you, uh, you know, that your, you, you know, your light is bright and I, and I see it often, you know, oh, thank and, you. Uh, you know, yeah, just all the things that you do and took the time to do. Like I always say, it's one thing to see a need, uh, you know, see that the world has a need. First of all, a need in yourself, but then recognize that it's something that everyone has and then say, oh, that's, that's messed up. They have that. But then it's another thing to see that and make attempts to kind of fill that need or fulfill those, you know, those empty spaces that are missing. And so with your organization, um, the uh, Exquisite Ladies of Diamond Class. Did I say it right? Yes. It's been a long time. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you definitely have been fulfilling that need from um, offering everything from your own personal uh, house with shelter to food to, you know, essential toiletries and things of that nature to just a listening ear and advice. Uh, to people who are going through probably the, one of the hardest things that they'll ever have to go through in their life. And providing that to people is such a huge, like, um, you know, I can't overstate how enormous the the, uh, the gift that you're giving them is and the the, um, the blessing that you are to these people. And I mean, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but you're going to hear it some more from me. So, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, H-U. But, uh, uh, so, what, uh, what made you... Uh, <laughs> Jay, we got our own personal Will Smith over this motherfucker. <laughs> Clean up the house for your parents, ha 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 ha. But so your motivation, I'm just pushed through the. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The motivation for you uh, starting your um, your organization uh, came from uh, situations in your own personal life uh, that you went through, and, uh, and and what about that um, made you decide to to extend this 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 these arms of love and this this help and you know uh, everything that you've been doing to other people. What made me help other reach out to help other yeah, people? Yeah, decide that it was something that you wanted to do for others. Because I, what I went through was so devastating, and um, the mindset that I had while I was in my situation, I know that most women that that are still in the situation that I was in probably have the same mindset, and I just needed for people to understand that they're not alone in it. Um, there is help out here, whether it be from somebody that you don't know or somebody within your own family or, you know, or a friend. Um, I just, I couldn't stand by and not do something about something I had the power to help change or to help make a difference in, like, knowing what I went through, you know, the physical, emotional, or financial abuse that I went through, like, just knowing that another woman is in a situation like that with or without children, I, I couldn't stand by and just let it happen and not do something once I was able to get out of it. 
So um, you've done um, uh, a number of different like uh, events. Uh, I remember I um, uh, I helped you with a couple of them that the the hat yeah. shows and the uh, you know uh, different things of that nature to just uh, give support and uh, you know raise money and different things of that nature to help forward uh, your uh, your efforts. So at this time, if people want to um, you know help support you. Um, where can they give? Where can they go to to support? Like you have, uh, like a, a GoFundMe or Cash App, so anything of that nature that people can give to. I don't have a GoFundMe. I do have a Cash App, and it's the Dollar Sign Lady Domino One L A D E E Capital D O M I N O the number one. Um, and anything that's donated will go, depending on how you um, label it in the comment box. If it's for domestic abuse, it'll go towards um, victims and survivors of domestic abuse. Or I also have another program that I started, Infinite Wisdom Homeschooling Tutoring. Um, it'll go towards that. I, I assist parents who don't have the ability to homeschool. I homeschool for them. Yeah, yeah. We're we going to get into that too. Yeah, well that's a, a, a segue, so we might as well start talking about it. Uh, <laughs> But Infinite Wisdom Homeschool, so um, I know you, um, in your professional life, you were uh, um, a teacher in the school system at one time, and um, yes. segued that into uh, uh, teaching the homeschooling curriculum. What made you uh, make that change, and, um, make that leap into homeschooling? So, my first um, incident is what led to me um, doing what I do now as far as homeschooling. When I was in a domestic um, abuse relationship, abusive relationship with my um, ex-husband, it affected one of my sons to the point where he now suffers from PTSD. Okay. Um, and he would shut all the way down. Like he would just, just shut down. <clears throat> and that led to him being bullied in school. And there was absolutely no help at all whatsoever from the school system. Um, aside from me actually approaching the parents of the kids that were bullying my kid, like that was the only thing that I could do to stop, to stop the bullying. And by fifth grade, the damage was done. So I ended up just pulling him out of school. I quit my job. I did my research. I rented a classroom. I started homeschooling him. And the space where I was renting from, there was an actual um, daycare, but she had older kids as well. And the parents would come in and, you know, they would walk through, have to walk by my classroom. And when they saw what I was doing, they stopped and asked questions. And by the end of the school year, I had seven kids in my classroom. And it started from just my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, I think, the essence of what... Um, what Jay was talking about, taking that initiative as an individual, not waiting on the, you know, the, the city or the state to, to make right. the school, but you. Because they won't need. help. Yeah, yeah. They you, won't help. <laughs> yeah, you saw a need and you fulfilled that need, and um, you know, just to be the type of person, because there's, uh, you know, you're not the only person that saw that need, you know, but um, right. but you're one of the people who took the initiative to actually fill it, and um. Yeah, that's amazing. So, um, so right now you uh, you said uh, at the end of that school year you had seven kids. Um, uh, right now I know you've been teaching. Um, you've been homeschooling. Have you seen more children because of the COVID nineteen uh, situation? Um, I've had I've 
actually had instead of homes on the homeschool side on the tutoring side like I've started tutoring more kids well I started tutoring more kids once the whole shut the school system down thing started okay so yeah, yeah. but I've always maintained my um, natural group of homeschoolers that I had from the beginning of 2019 yeah because it started kind of in the middle of the school year so it'd be hard for them yeah. to transition but yeah, I'm, I'm saying that you probably have a lot more in your future because uh, it ain't no yes. time when this whole thing Hopefully, is gonna. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, how different is it from teaching in the classroom, and what are some of the benefits to the homeschool um, curriculum as opposed to uh, the classroom? Uh, the um, you know, I guess state issued classroom, for lack of a better term. <laughs> so I actually have a classroom. Um, it's just that with the COVID-19 thing, we've been doing it via Zoom. But I actually have a whole classroom. I rent a space out in a church that's about five minutes from, not even five minutes from my house. Um, I have a full curriculum that I created myself. Um, but I do go by Maryland standard of um, for, for the Board of Education, what they need to know by the time they um, finish a particular grade. Um, but the difference between being in a classroom and doing it via Zoom is that I cannot walk around to each particular child and right. give them physical assistance like that. I mean, I'm still able to, to give personalized and individualized attention, but it's just, it takes away from, for me, it's, it feels like it takes away from the actual, you know, the, the, the personal touch to Is that to the interpersonal thing you're referencing, so, David? So would you say it's a shift? Would you call that a shift? No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Not a shift in teaching, not a shift in relationships. <laughs> but in inter- anyway, we're not going to go back to that. We're gonna, I'm going to call you later. We're going to debate. But anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you but it's, so- still, oh, it's, still a, it's, it's still a very powerful tool being able to Definitely. do it via Zoom because Definitely. I'm still able to keep up with them and make sure um, because I've also integrated Google Classrooms, which is um, what a lot of school systems use, and it, it helps me to be able to keep up with what they're doing and for them to be able to keep up with what they need to be doing. So um, as a, a teacher... And uh, um, and someone who's currently doing the homeschooling, I've noticed there's been a lot in the news uh, recently about the schools. Uh, a lot of school systems deciding to um, they they've been doing the Zoom classroom, but for the most part, they've decided to based on where the child was at at the time that this you know thing occurred to go ahead and pass a lot <coughs> of students. Do you think that's a good idea to go ahead and just move them up to the next grade? No, because if if we have any type of normalcy next school year, which I don't see it being, but if we have any type of normalcy next school year, if Johnny was in the 10th grade and at the end of second quarter, Johnny couldn't do one plus one, why would you pass Johnny to the 11th grade when the 11th yeah. grade is totally different from the 10th? And if you don't have the basis for what you need to get you to the next, then Johnny is you, you're doing him a disservice. Like he's going to yep. fail. There's going to be a lot of frustration. There's going to be a lot of anger, anguish, and you know you want to have a lot of backlash from from parents as well as teachers. So no, yep. I don't think it's a good idea. But the way that because my son, <clears throat> Shawn Michael, is now in the tenth grade, um, and he goes to Wise, and the way that they're doing it is pass or fail. It's either pass or fail. If you complete all of your assignments, and for the most part, his teachers has been, 
you know, checking the work to make sure it's substantial work and things like that. If you're passing what they're giving you, then you get, you know, promoted to the next grade. But there is this, there's still the factor of actual teaching the work that's missing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you think they'll be underprepared for that next grade when they get there? They're definitely not going to be prepared for the next school year. Yeah, and that's just, it, it feels like a little to me, and you can speak to this, but uh, when I was hearing it, like, I completely agree with you, and I felt that way. That's why I wanted to ask you, because you actually been there in the classrooms and stuff. But if it feels like to me that it's kind of like the, yeah, well, we'll just leave it on the next year teacher. They'll deal with it. They'll be fine. And that's yep. kind of cruddy, isn't it? That's terrible. Like, it, it definitely is, especially for new teachers that you have coming in that'll probably be their first year teaching. Like, people don't even factor that into play. Like, you're giving them, you're, you're pretty much throwing them to the wolves. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you already had, uh, I, I hate to use the word dysfunctional, but if you already had a classroom full of overly rambunctious kids that, you know, you got a class of 28, of those super hormonal, you know, rambunctious kids, and then you have a teacher that's her first year teaching, and again, I'm using the 11th grade, and then you throw all these 10th graders that you just passed to the 11th grade to this particular teacher, you know, he or she is going to be like, what in the world did I sign myself up for? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, what happens yeah. next school year and how they handle it. Um, so, um, I don't want to stay too much on the teaching because I definitely want to, um, talk uh, a little bit about your, uh, your, uh, your other business, the 17 and up meals, um, where you cook, uh, delicious, uh, uh nutritious food, uh, for people that can order the meals. You have the, uh, the Instagram page set up where you put out your menus and things of that nature. Yes. Um, so, um, and, and I just have one question. Um, can I get a plate and how do I pick up that plate and, um, What's the menu for this week? And uh, what? Uh, no, nah, but uh, <laughs> so with all the things that you do, though, I just want to um, cause cause you do so much. Like, um, what made you decide to start making the meals? Well, the meals thing again was another personal issue. I had um, an episode a couple of years ago where you know I've I've always had migraines. I've been had I've had migraines since I was in high school. And a couple of years ago, uh, this one particular migraine came about where I, it, it came on differently. Like it, it, it was almost like a shower, like it just poured down and I could feel it like pouring down from the top of my head, like, and it stopped like right here. But by the time it got past my ears, my head had hurt so bad that I could barely speak. Um, my dad rushed me to the hospital um, when I got to the hospital, I was stuttering. My my uh, blood pressure was 225 over 150. They thought that I was either having a stroke or getting ready to have a stroke or about to have a seizure. It was one of the three. So they rushed me to GW where um, they did MRI, CAT scan. Everything came back cloudy and abnormal. Um, they hooked me up to all these different machines. The EKG, that was, was out of whack. Like, everything was just off. And... Yeah. Uh, the doctors came in and told me that they could not diagnose me with having a stroke, but what they were diagnosing me with was something called complex migraine, and that I needed to change up how I was eating. I needed to exercise more. I needed to drop the level of stress in my in my life. And one of the dietitians that was there came in and spoke to me about a Mediterranean diet. So when I went home, I I started cooking. 
um, with the, the different types of seasonings and things like that, cut out salt, cut out, you know, bleach this and bleach that. Um, and I saw within three weeks that I had lost 17 pounds and my blood pressure was back to normal and I, the migraine completely went away. The stuttering kind of, you know, it dwindled, it, it gradually went away. And, you know, I can't remember who it was. One of my girlfriends was at, at my house one day and I had, you know, given her something that I'd made. Um, and it was the kale salad that I, that I normally make that can't seem to stay in my refrigerator. Um, and she was like, girl, you need to sell this to people. Then she asked me to do a tasting party for her. Mm -hmm. I did. And I got about five clients from that. And then I just marketed, you know, myself and people started coming and I've just been going ever since. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's always uh, interesting to see um, just the, the power uh, and, and back to what Jay was saying, like the power that we have, uh, the control that we have over even our own circumstances when it comes to our health. And I know um, Aisha's a huge uh, proponent of this also of, um, you know, um, just uh, changing your diet and, and not just taking, you know, what's given, but making sure that you're eating right and, and making the right decisions as to what you put in your body because of how drastically it can affect your, uh, you know, your overall health situation. You know, my situation, I was, uh, you know, um, you guys know I was diagnosed with diabetes, uh, what, last year? And I ain't take the medicine. I ain't do none of the stuff. I just changed my diet and worked out some and, it's, you know, uh, my levels are back to normal. You know, uh, it didn't take any of that stuff. And they kept, because, you know, when the doctor was talking about the medicine, he's like, I want you to take this medicine, and this will help you with your uh, with your sugar levels, but you also have to take this medicine, because the first medicine is really hard on your stomach, so we want you to take this medicine. But this medicine right, is yeah. really tough on your bladder, so we're going to test this one on you, and if it works, we're going to give you this other medicine. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing none of that. And the next you know. thing you know, your liver is damaged, your right, kidneys yeah. are messed up. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Right, yeah, you know. So, um... Uh, but yeah, it's just the side effects are, are insane. And you know, all every pill that they were suggesting, I'm going home and Googling the list of side effects and it's like a laundry list oh, yeah, of things terrible. that yeah, may terrible. happen. And you know, I just don't, you know, I'm always scared that with my luck, I'm going to be that one person that gets all of them. And you know, it just, it just hits me all at once. So, <laughs> so I just don't do none of it. But I mean, it's, it's, it all comes back to um, just uh, getting back in touch with that you know, our natural instincts, our natural, you know, eating right, eating healthy, get, using the stuff that's provided here for us, the earth, you know, uh, vegetables, right. fresh foods, right. not, uh, not um, you know, relying on somebody else to make the food for us and not knowing exactly what they put in this stuff and that you can't pronounce and things like that. So right. that's well, such you can a huge... rely on me to make your food for you. Well, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming to get a plate. I'm serious. It's, uh <laughs> <laughs> I start back up next month. I, okay. I, I've gotten to the point where I only do it in the summertime because teaching takes so much of yeah. my time. And then I still help out with the women, you know, anybody that's in need of assistance as far as domestic abuse is concerned. So I've gotten to the point where I only cook um, during the summer time. Yeah, and yeah. that was uh, one of my next questions is how do you balance all the things that you do? So you have it like the, the cooking is only really in the summer. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's uh that's amazing, man. You do so much. Like is it, is that, is it there any I other mean, things? I I'm I'm on assignment. Like I, I do what I'm called to do. Like 
I, I can't sit by again. I just I don't feel like I would be doing you know anybody any good if I have all these skills and talents that were bestowed upon me and then I just I just you know sit twiddle twiddle my fingers all day like how is that helping anybody? So you know my whole thing is God gave me a second chance at life so I'm going to do what I possibly can everything in my power to make sure I'm living it to the fullest as far as the gifts that He's given. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. See, y'all, I told you she was dope. <laughs> hey, I, I have a very important question. Go ahead, Jay. Yes, sir. So, Domino. Sir? What is up with the clock behind you? <laughs> what? So, <laughs> what is <laughs> All that she said about, like, and you back there looking at the clock? Yeah, that joint has been on my mind. Like, what's up with that joint? Does that so, just say 1243? This room that I'm in is, <laughs> is not mine, so nothing in here belongs to me. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, I don't know. Right, I'm like, yo, it's not 1243. Just the contract. Right. I, I know we could be in like a, a third. I was like, she in a different dimension. Like, is this a time warp? Like, it was just boggling my mind, like, yo, and it's like prominent in your shot, so it's like, you gotta look at it. It's like, yo, that's. I'm so sorry. Where is she at? Right. Yeah, that's what I was looking at, like the, the little shelf over there. That's what I was looking at. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, notice the clock wasn't moving. This room is a work in progress, so yeah. All the stuff that she does to help people, and you want to talk about the clock? Got the GD clock. It might, it might be and, contributed and, to her superpowers. Like, okay, she got like a supernatural. You know, like when Superman it. can fly around the earth. Earth, right? Roll it back, roll it back. Yeah, right. I was like, okay, she got like some type of powers. Like she in like another dimension. She just came on the Facebook to holler at us real quick. Another like, dimension. Was, with some hefty trash bags in the background. Stop, man. It's uh, <laughs> No, but I'm just messing with you. That doesn't mean that on Bizarro World they don't have... Yeah, that's right. Bizarro World, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... You never know. But, uh... <laughs> Lord, help me. Yeah, no, this is just... It's not my room. So, this... Okay. Somebody is, is making this into something, and the coronavirus kind of swelled the process down. The corona stopped the clock. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Literally, <laughs> right. Quite literally. Figuratively and literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's hilarious. Uh, I thought she was going to ask me, can I fix you some food? <laughs> yeah, I thought you wanted food. Well, since you recommended it. Uh, <laughs> Might as well, yeah. That's what right, I was going to say. Know. I thought that's what James was going to say. You know, about the community. You know what I mean? With yeah, we got to mobilize ourselves. To get over there and get a plate. Yeah, I'm with mobilize. it. So I'm putting out the new menu for <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. I'm putting out the new menu um, for June next week. And, you know, my lunch dishes always start with flavored wings and salmon. And, of course, the kale salad. So... Um, I've added a couple of new things to the menu, so I'm going to let that be a little surprise, but the, uh, the taste testers have given me thumbs up on it, so yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And um, uh, I need you to shout out all of your social medias so people know where to find you for the um, to get meals, to get homeschooling, the, the, um, if people need help with, you know, um, personal situations with domestic violence, anything. Like, how can they find you? 
Time, is it time travel? If they need to stop the clock, I got you. They need All right, so. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> All right, so yeah, where can they find you on that? In a situation, because I know that this whole corona thing has got people stuck in the house, and they eat. I mean, there are definitely people that are stuck in the house with their abusers. Um, if you find yourself in a situation and you need help and you are able to get to a phone or to a computer, um, I can be reached at, and I am going to get my um, cell phone number, I can be reached at 240-595-4244. Um, in case of emergency, always you know to dial 911. Um, if you need um, just some research information or anything like that, um, I am on Facebook at, under Exquisite Ladies, and it's spelled with X, not E-X. X-Q-U-I-S-I-T-E, ladies, L-A-D-E-E-Z, exquisite ladies of diamond class. Um, same thing on Instagram. Um, if you're in a situation, get out. Like, that's, that's just my advice to you. Get out, especially with all of this going on, people's emotions and everything else are running on high. Get out, reach out. There's somebody that will definitely assist you. I personally can say that I will be able to assist you, but you have to reach out. Um, if you are also in a situation where you find that educating your child right now is just not anything that you're able to do, um, I also offer services for homeschool as well as tutoring. And the name of my program is Infinite Wisdom Homeschool and Tutoring. I am on Facebook under that name. I am on IG under that name as well. Um, my email address is homeschooler at gmail.com. Um, and if you're looking to lose weight and you've already started exercising and you need that, that extra component um, as far as your dietary means are concerned, um, definitely 17 meals, 17 and up meals is here to, to help any and everybody. Or if you just want some tasty food and you don't feel like cooking, um, I do, I do lunches and I do dinners. Um, I, I will post the, the menu on, um, my 17 and up page again, just in case it, you know, cause once you start adding stuff, it kind of scrolls, you know, kind of drops to the bottom. I'll repost it and I am on Facebook and Instagram as well 17 and up meals so i'm social media yeah i'm here and my phone number is that for all three so if you need to get in touch with someone in reference to domestic violence um homeschooling and changing your diet that one phone number will get you everything you need 240-595-4244 and just ask for domino is there on. is there a separate number for the time travel I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, separate it's, number um, for the time travel. It's star zero, star, star, pound zero, zero. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that number. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but you have to go outside and look up in the sky at the same time you're diving. Okay. That's, that's the only thing I need. Because you're going to try it. It wouldn't have worked if that's you was right. in the house. You'd have been trying to figure out why. Zorro but, uh, world. Listen, if y'all bored, please don't do that. I'm just playing. Y'all gonna mess around and have They're they gonna re replay this. Wait, she said star zero. Star right. star. Right. I'm it. No, but, but, uh, Marty McFly on this joint. Look, I'm gonna ask you a 
about the, but I think you already answered it about the 17 and up meals, how the name came about, but you said in the first three weeks, you lost 17 pounds. Is that where the name came from? Yes, indeed. I lost 17 pounds and I was going to keep growing up. Cause I was, cause you know, I've known you for a while and I've known about 17 and up for a while. And I never asked you like, where'd you get that? And it was like seven up, but you just didn't want to use the hair. So you were 17. I, I didn't know. No. But, uh, I lost 17 pounds within the first three weeks of changing my diet. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's, yeah, it's just that simple. You haven't seen the commercials for the diet pills where they'd be like, if you take this pill diet and exercise, you lose weight. And I'd be like, well, what if you just diet and exercise? You don't need to. That's like a politics trick, Dave. Yeah, yeah. So send it's that like a politics trick. It's like, yo, you already get, like if you diet and exercise, well, hey, let, let's add this pill though. Hey, I'll take the pill. Right. Because right. then I can, like I can, diet I can give all the 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 the, the compliments and everything to the pill and just say, you know, the pill did it. It wasn't the diet and exercise. I wasn't right. already losing weight. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. They gotta make you feel like because they they'll start the commercial with, have you been dieting for a long time and exercising and not lose weight? And it's like, nah, you haven't. You probably tried it for a week and gave up and stuff. Everybody wanted, you know, everybody wanted the quick way out. But anyway, um, so yeah, don't take the quick way out. Holler at Domino. She got delicious meals for you that'll help you get the sit. She lost 17 pounds in the first three weeks. That's a testimony of how awesome uh, uh, and the food is delicious. Like I had some, what was it, the the pasta salad? Which one did you, you made me some? Um, Oh man, I forgot. I ate it so fast. I don't even remember what it was. It was so delicious. But so just, just, just holler at her and get some. And um, you know, also with the homeschooling and on the more serious note of uh, you know, um, the uh, the abuse situations and things of that nature. She's always a helping hand. Like uh, like I've always told her since I met her. It's um, just uh, awesome to know you and consider you a friend because you what you're doing is amazing. And uh, keep it up and. Uh, it's, it can be at times a thankless, you know, um, uh, a burden, a thankless uh, journey. And so that's why I want to make sure that we say thank you as much as possible for all the stuff that you, you know, take the initiative to do, um, you know, keep letting, you know, keep being guided by your spirit and, and your spirituality and your focus and drive and doing all the awesome things that you do. Get you getting deep, Dave. Go ahead. Hey, I do what I can. Nah, I'm let him finish. I'm... <laughs> let him finish. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> we got plenty of time. No, but no, seriously, it is some. It is definitely sometimes a thankless job. But for me, the the gratitude and everything. I get from making sure, you know, seeing that somebody's on the other side of where they started. Right, right. And that's that's definitely a beautiful thing. Um, I want to make sure that the thank you also comes from people looking you in your eye and saying thank you. You're-